Nelly, what a week. What a week, Tom Lee. Look, everybody, this is the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast presented by Underdog Fantasy. This is the Fantasy Walkabout Season 2, Episode 8. And aside from a small daylight savings time situation, uh, we we got onto this show here relatively smooth. I forgot that we're in different parts of the world, Tom Lee. So it's it is. Yeah. It was three o'clock my time, and I'm sitting here worrying because I hadn't heard anything from you yet this morning. You promptly reminded me that you know you're in Australia and and I'm here. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, the alarm went off at six a.m. and then I got a message straight away from you. And went, oh, okay, yep, that's happened. That's world news. <laughs> that's the sort of world news that has sort of been glossed over amidst the whole war issue going on in different part of the world. So change the clocks back, and uh, we'll hit yeah. it fresh. I hate daylight savings time. It's messed me up in more ways than one, but we recovered and we are here. We're ready to go. And there is no shortage of things to talk about. Like there is, we have had so many fantastic guests on this show for the last three to four weeks from Troy King to Steven Johnson, Austin Gale, Pat Dougherty, Ben Gretsch, uh, Alfred Fernandez, just no time uh, to get really into what's been happening because mm. we've been learning and going through processes nonstop. So it has been, we even had Shane is the worst on here uh, for the fantasy walkabout. I think last week, it's a very entertaining episode that you should go and check out. It's just been nonstop. So today we're going to do things a little bit differently, right? We're not going to really sit here and hammer down trade values and things like that. We want to we'll do a little bit of it on, right, yeah. as we go. We're not going to just throw it out the window, but we're going to talk about um, some signings and some contracts and some trades. And I want to out of the gate. I just want to make a point. We are not a political program. We are not uh, really a, a, a social discourse program. That's not what we're here for. We understand that it's happening. I encourage you to go and read our counterparts uh, from the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast, his article uh, regarding the Deshaun Watson uh, case and all that. He does a great job of hammering home the importance of understanding the language and what's happening. But obviously, it's fantasy football relevant, and that's what we're going to talk about here the most. So just know, if you're listening to this, uh, if discussing that trade and, and the surrounding uh, effects of that trade bothers you, we apologize. Just yeah. understand that uh, this is a fantasy football show. So that's what we're going to focus on. So with that in mind, uh, I also want to give a big shout out. I want to give big shout outs to the Dynasty Vipers for putting us on their YouTube network. They've been a great help watch, uh, helping us grow. And and Matt Donnelly has been super supportive. So I want to give a shout out to them. And I want to give a huge shout out to Underdog Fantasy for giving us the chance uh, to promote their brand through our brand and, and partnering up. So shout out to them. All that being said, Tom Lee, if you want to hear an insane few numbers, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read it out. Hit me. One billion... Seven hundred sixty-three million four hundred thirty-two thousand five hundred dollars has been spent so far on one hundred and forty-eight players. Well, that's good. 
with contracts totaling 257 years in length <laughs> total, right? $840,540,000 of that has been guaranteed on their contracts. Uh, I'm going to go on a limb here and say that is the most of all time. It sounds like a lot, yeah. That accounts for 47.66% of the total signings. Almost half is guaranteed. The NFL is definitely going that way. Uh, guaranteed at signing, Tom Lee, 506 oh yeah 563 million four hundred and forty thousand accounting for 31.95 percent when they signed the dotted line cash on demand <laughs> insane uh the insane number to me though and this is where nfl contract language we're not contract specialists right tom lee you don't claim to yeah. be I, we're not specialists in fucking anything <laughs> right except for shooting the shit uh which is what we're gonna do today but the first year cap for all this money is only 236 million six hundred forty nine thousand two hundred and forty five dollars for an average of one million five hundred ninety eight thousand nine hundred and eighty one dollars that does yep. not feel like a lot uh, that's just how much bonus money is getting paid up front. And you see it with restructuring of contracts. Yeah. So just going through the list, you just go through the list of transactions. If you go to sport track, which is where I'm getting all this information, one of the best websites possible. If you just scroll through it, just like click the middle button on your mouse and just run it down. It's converted to roster bonus, converted to bonus, converted to yeah. bonus, converted to bonus, converted to bonus. It's, it's all over the place. Um, I think we said this heading into free agency season, right? Everyone's worried about, oh, these, this team's over the cap. How are they going to possibly sign anyone? They've got plenty of different levers to be pulling, right? Yeah, and signing at, signing at different times or cutting and restructuring, these teams have got it covered, right? Unless it is millions, like we're talking hundreds of millions above, and you are in proper strife. Um, yes, they, they are, they're fully capable of pulling on these levers. So it's interesting just to look through and go, okay, what do these small little tweaks and roster changes mean, especially for the longevity of some of these guys? Um, so you take older players who are restructuring their deals, they'll pull some money forward, and all of a sudden they're not guaranteed a lot in the next couple of years, and that then affects their dead cap number. You know, their likelihood of being on the same roster has changed, and that stuff then starts to matter to us. So the more we learn about it, the more we dig into it. I think the more relevant it starts to become in Dynasty especially. Um, and it's just handy to know here are some big numbers we're seeing. What does it actually mean for our players in particular? Right. And, and what's the impact to us? You know, how, how, how guaranteed are we and they in this aspect? Um, and how confident can we be of how long they're going to be there for? And you can see some of the contract signing is ego boosting. The Devontae Adams uh, contract, <laughs> it, there's like yeah, two we'll years get to that. from what I saw. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and the fallout thereafter. Um, but a lot of that is just language Steps. to make yeah. him the highest paid receiver which is what absolutely yeah yes. and two of those contract years not very likely that he actually sees the end of it and that's very no. important <laughs> when uh one thing we talked about with uh austin gale on wednesday was um the, the people needing to learn how to not freak out when initially seeing a contract i yeah. asked him if max Crosby's contract. I know he's the defensive end in this fantasy. Important information, though. Uh, I had to ask it. I thought it was an overpay the minute I saw it. 
then Austin kind of broke it down on how it'll work in the end, how the yeah. the salary cap is going up and production will catch up to it. And then I was corrected by Ben Gretsch on Christian Kirk's contract where I said, like, maybe don't like relax because they can get out of it, which we'll talk about. And he said, yeah, that's yeah. still too much for getting out of it. So we've had great conversations this week. And I want to also shout out Anand Nanduri, former uh, salary cap um employee for the nfl who has been on fire all week his mm. twitter account you can see him uh, at nanduri nfl go follow him he's he's a former salary cap employee for the nfl if you want to ask questions that's the guy you need to go that's and talk you want to be to. at 100 yeah. look we're going to take a quick second uh, it's great to get warmed up here we're going to take a quick second when we come back we are going to talk about some moves that haven't been made yet but that we think are going to get made one each before we really get into the contract fantasy. Uh, yeah. A little speculation, good, good stuff. But there's one move that I specifically think is going to happen that hasn't happened yet. And I think it'll start the domino effect on running back. So sit tight. When we come back, bringing into that, here's a clip from our show with Pat Dougherty. Uh, two weeks ago, we're going to have more clips. Lucas has been very busy at work. We're going to have more clips coming out from all these shows if you missed it. We also are putting together a highlight reel, so that's going to be super dope. Uh, so sit tight. Here's uh, here's a clip from Pat Dougherty. Enjoy. At what point do you think you'd be willing to move the guys like Tyree Kill and the Cooper Cup to Devontae Adams for the Elijah Moores and the, you know, darling young wide receivers? What does that take for you in your gap uh, just personally when you're approaching Dynasty? Especially in startups. You talking to me? Uh, I am. Tom Thomas Tommy. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I I was still I, I'd be leaning on the old guard because like you know, I've learned the hard way in Dynasty like projecting like more two three years in the future is just kind of like it's just like whatever it's it doesn't work out a lot and I I'd still just be more comfortable taking like even like two years of Devonte Adams over say like Elijah Moore's career even though I like love Elijah Moore. Like I'd, I'd rather just bet on like the next two years of Devonte Adams than the like next ten years of Elijah Moore. As much as I love Elijah Moore. Pat Dougherty is one of the smartest human beings I've ever been able to have a conversation with. He is great. Uh, go and check out that show everywhere you get the rest of your Full Tilt Fantasy podcasts. Um, Tom Lee, is there a transaction that you're kind of waiting for to happen that you think is a lock to happen that hasn't yet? I don't know if it's uh, one transaction. For me, it's just eyes on quarterbacks, right? Because that's the fun stuff. It, it's completely changing for every other asset and skill position we have in fantasy. So waiting on the Matt Ryans, waiting on, and we're going to get to him in a second, the Bakers, uh, waiting on, you know, um, Jimmy G, see where these guys end up. You know, a lot of the time it seems like it's impossible they can go back to where they were because they're all offended somehow apart from Matt Ryan, who I think understands what his role is now, which is overpaid, The only one that's overaged. offended is Baker. Uh, yeah, but even Jimmy G wanted out of, you know, he wanted a change of situation, the young guys coming oh, through. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah, right? It's all it's Fair. all speak. But, yeah, for me, I want to see if there's any movement that matter. There. Yeah, out of quarterbacks that matter. Um, yeah, see if there's any movement there. Um, the one that was speculated that I don't think will have any feet whatsoever was switching Hertz and Ryan uh, with Philly. And that was just a favorite because I am a – a homer when it comes to Atlanta. I'd love to see a younger quarterback come in and, well, by all means, you know, send Matt Ryan on to where they have more pieces to play with and, and see his production be good in fantasy one last time, possibly. Um, but apart from that, no, it's just eyes on quarterbacks hey, for me. 
Matt Ryan was good in fantasy up until everyone on that team went bye-bye. Yeah. So Matt Ryan is, was very good uh, last year. For like the first six <laughs> yeah. weeks, you were Correct. really yeah. happy. Yeah. Uh, but after that, well, you can't blame him. You had Russell Gage, who we're going to talk about in a little, talk about. little bit here. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, got the got the free agent boost. Found the perfect spot. Um, yeah, that's fair. Obviously, the quarterbacks are the most fun, right? We're gonna we're gonna kick the show off with quarterbacks because they're obviously the most impactful. But for me, the move that I think isn't being talked about is Kareem Hunt leaving yeah. the Cleveland Browns. Uh, obviously, Deshaun Watson coming in and getting paid an absolutely dumb dumb uh, amount of money. They've also brought in Jacoby Brissett, and I believe they brought in another quarterback. So Baker's definitely gonna. Well, not, maybe not even definitely um, be out the door, but I think Kareem Hunt's going to end up being a cap casualty. Uh, I would think that they'd get rid of him. They are bringing Dearness Johnson back. They brought him back cheap, and they can probably trade Kareem Hunt and or let him go yeah. uh, pretty pretty easily. And I think for sure uh, if he does, and Tampa Bay has not re-signed or signed a running back, I know a lot of people want Brees Hall. Go to uh, Brees Hall. Go to Tampa. Brees Hall, number thirty, Tampa. Yeah, I don't think Brady wants a rookie running back. I think Arians hates a rookie running back more than anything. I wanted James White over in Tampa. James White resigned two years in New England. So ipso facto, if the Browns and I tweeted this out, if the Browns do let go of Kareem Hunt for cap reasons, which I do think is still uh, in in the cards, then I think he quickly and very easily goes and signs in Tampa Bay. And if that happens, you're looking at a top five running back next season because he can catch, he can run. He's still very good. I know he's old, right? And yeah. he'll be a he'll be a fantasy steal. So I suggest going and trading for Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson uh, as much as much as possible. And I know Zoltan, if you're watching or listening I know you hit my my mentions already in leagues trying to get Dearness Johnson from me. Very smart man, that guy. So shout out to you. That's a couple of moves that we're we're sitting here waiting for. Uh, let's get let's let's get into quarterbacks, Tom Lee. Yeah, we're, we're gonna get another bulk of this. <laughs> oh my God, the quarterbacks. Just I can't begin to describe how absolutely nutty the quarterback landscape has been. All week. I mean, it's yeah. like even if you want to start, let like even if you want to start at the Russell Wilson deal, because that was really the first. So it kicked it off. Or, like or like I guess Wentz got traded, but that's not <laughs> like yeah. all right. If you're still that high on Terry McLaurin, I apologize for the depression that's going to kick in this year. I'm very sorry. But Russell Wilson, right? Like that was. That was the deal. That's really what kind of set everything off. Um, trade uh, the Seattle Seahawks traded away Russell Wilson. Uh, it was you know multiple first round picks. Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, right second round pick, and they I think they swapped seconds. Yeah, insane. I've been shitting on Jerry Judy now for two seasons. Not yes. sh- okay. I'm not even gonna say that. I've been no, you've been you've been I've under been, market. The I have market been, was ridiculously high. Yeah. Yeah. I've been shitting on top five Jerry Judy for two seasons. Like there are Jeez, people that yeah. still believe that he's that guy. And my favorite quote ever, uh, Russell Wilson said, 
God gave me a right hand, throw the ball deep to Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. Whoever <laughs> else there yeah. is. As a... <laughs> Jerry Judy is not going to be Tyler Lockett. All right. I think that's more Tim Patrick. Uh, one of my favorite quotes. Uh, that's got to be a top. That's a top football quote that I've Get that frame. Yeah. Ilya said before we went on with Austin Gale, like, just him saying, God gave me a right hand to throw a football is <laughs> one of the greatest football quotes of all time. So it's been a hell of a week. But let's start with Russell Wilson, Tom. Yep. Um, a lot of people are saying it's 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 going to affect Sutton the most. Uh, and, oh, Jerry Drew's going to be great. Albert O, right? All Like, sure. Yeah. They should all get an absolute bump. Boost, the, yeah. The player that I think matters the most here, aside from, say, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon's still a free agent, so I haven't touched on that. But I think Tim Patrick is going to be the guy that uh, benefits the most from this. Right. And I'm not saying benefits the most like he's going to be a wide receiver one. He's their wide receiver one. Tim Patrick goes from a guy that was good enough to be annoying to Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy to a guy that is – legitimately competing for top tier wide receiver three getting into wide receiver two weeks. He's a big body over the middle, good target. Yeah. Kind of does a little bit of what both Judy and Sutton do. Hey, he's a nice blend. Yeah. And he's the most reasonably priced of the wide receiver group. So yeah. I think he benefits the the most from this value wise and fantasy. If yeah. I had to pick one guy out of this, I want Tim Patrick because those other two guys have just skyrocketed in value already. Yes. And I think that's, I think you're right with that. So we always love to talk about value. You're right. From a value rise point of view, someone who was not really on a lot of people's radar being pushed onto the radar is, is a bigger shift than the renewed hopes for two people that we see sort of seen sliding, depending on where you started them, sliding down your roster, starting, sliding down your roster priority. So um, I'd agree with that. It, for me, I just don't know what their offense is going to look like. Um, it was re- very run heavy, very tight end heavy this year. Um, obviously, we saw the lack of production to the wide receivers. Just because you have a better quarterback now does not mean that you're going to get a huge, huge bump as far as passing goes. But of course, you are going to get more efficiency and you are going to get some more passing yards because you're going to get into better positions, longer drives, uh, more professionalism in that position, management, all sorts of stuff. So, um, that for me is the biggest interest. How much how much of a boost is this offense going to see? So whilst it may be good, is it going to be that good for our fantasy impact? That's the unknown for me at the moment. But I, I agree, Tim Patrick definitely uh, big rise. Well, and look at look at the the division now. The division has become insane. The Raiders yeah, nuts. get get two insane pass rushers and a defensive back from Indianapolis, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones. The Chargers, Khalil Mack, and I, I, J.C. Jackson. Uh, the Chiefs haven't done a whole ton defensively, but they did add Juju Smith-Schuster. And, yeah. oh, my gosh. Um, uh, who's the other team, Tom Lee? Oh, and, and then Denver adding what Denver the, themselves. the yeah. team we're talking about. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> like... uh, adding, adding what they've added on their defense with Randy Gregory and, and just – Unbelievable. So yeah, you got the guys like Sutton and Judy are gonna be probably primary targets for those teams to cover. They gotta play those teams two times a year. That's six games. 
Tim Patrick running over the middle, being left against nickel coverage, some linebackers, and mismatches. Russell Wilson is a smart quarterback. And over the last two years, uh, he has averaged 10 points per game with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. That's props to him as a guy that came out of nowhere. Well done. 79 targets, 85 targets, 51 receptions, 53 receptions, 742 yards, and 734 yards, respectively. He averages uh, about 14 yards per reception and has about 1,000 yards in air yards each season while averaging five or more touchdowns over two years with suboptimal quarterback play while having Judy and Sutton sometimes. So – I think Tim Patrick is a guy here that I really like. I really, 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 really like. 6'4", 210 pounds, got a contract. Um, they're going to use him. So I, I like it. And you have to pay plenty of rounds less. Like we're talking 10 rounds less than you have to take the other two. So it's easily it's 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 easily uh, Timmy, Timmy Patrick for me. Uh, let's kick the next one. Oh, gosh. You pick the next one. Who do you want to talk about next in the quarterbacks? Um, as far as impact goes, I mean, we haven't talked about Kirk Cousins getting re-signed um, for that extra year mm-hmm. in his contract. So I think it's That's nice. A and it's bonus. Well, it is a bonus. We'll, we'll keep it brief because Minnesota is one of those situations that's pretty well known. Um, not a lot's changing as far as we know. We know Irv Smith now there's a bit more freedom and he's coming back healthy next year. Should assume that tight end one position for them I don't again. Care about Irv Smith. It doesn't really matter, but it's again, it's just one of those known values on their roster. The unknown value was what's Kirk Cousins' future? Is he going to get moved away? Is he not? It's just nice to see him be extended back for that one extra year. And he carries like quite a large dead cap hit next year. So he's still have 40, 48 million owed, which you can't just sneak in as a signing bonus before a thing and then scrap him. So one to two extra years of Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, unless they move his contract somewhere else next year. Um, it's good. It's, it's just good insurance for positions. I think they I don't, know I don't they think they do. No. I think it so, just came down to money. It's like we want to make sure we keep him around so that if we do want to extend him or re-sign him after that point when we do have cash and when the salary cap's gone up, we, we need to make sure our boy's still here. Um, yeah, which I think is really good for our, for our assets in Minnesota. Yeah, I think it's good because so if you're in a super flex draft and you waited, right, you're waiting on that QB1, Kirk Cousins doesn't look like a man that wants to retire. He's a very good quarterback. And now yeah. you've got two years. So when you were trading for him, or people were getting rid of him this early. So while you don't trade quarterbacks early in an offseason, uh, now you thought you were getting a one-year rental. Now you've got a two-year lock with yeah. really good weapons. The reason I'll, I'll just say this. Twitter did its thing again when uh, Conklin signed <laughs> elsewhere. Yeah. And it was all about Irv Smith all over again. One thing I've learned this week and last week talking to some real uh, top-tier analysts is that uh, if you're an undersized tight end that's not super athletic, you're just a worse slot receiver. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want Irv Smith. If somebody in your league is still hype about Irv Smith, yeah. uh, I would I would – find that player and trade Irv Smith to him for any second that you can get uh, because there's better options. And dare I say it, tight end looks like a deeper position this year. I know. <laughs> yep. I know. Death taxes end. <laughs> I know. Every year, just when I thought I was out, the tight ends pulled me back in. And <laughs> – and it's, I think it actually holds weight this year. Hooper signed in Tennessee. There's a yeah. late-round flyer for you if you want one. I'd take, 
I'd take Hooper over Irv Smith for sure. Um, price is going to be way cheaper, so do it. Way I cheaper. mean, way, way, way cheaper. Uh, the quarterback I want to talk about is a guy who's kind of gotten shit on, seeing as how the three other quarterbacks are now in that division. Yep. I mean, in a division with now Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, the ghost of Baker Mayfield, uh, now resides uh, Mitchell Trubisky. And Trubisky, yes. In the, in the Slack, I think it was you that asked, who do we like as the best move of the offseason? I think it was at that point. It was three or four days ago. And I yeah. said it was Trubisky. And yeah, I, thought... I didn't think it was relatively close either for fantasy football purposes. Mitch Trubisky was super duper underrated. I think it's it's easy to crap on him and whatever, but if we gave Sam Darnold, sorry, if I gave Sam Darnold the uh, Adam Gase um, treatment for it can get better, I'm going to give yep. Mitch Trubisky the Matt Nagy. But in yep. his second Mulligan. year, he yep. was QB 15. All right? In his third year, he's QB 26. Uh, not good, uh, and then QB 28, so not good in, in Chicago 2020. But leave the rushing yards, 248, 421. And what happened to his fantasy value is he didn't run as much, 193 yeah. and 196 uh, rushing yards. He didn't he didn't rush as much, and he wasn't as efficient. But in 2020, the year that it was so dreadful that, that they yeeted him, he had 16 touchdowns and eight interceptions. Uh, that's not bad. He had 17 touchdowns, 10 interceptions the year before, 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions in his sophomore uh, season. I think in Pittsburgh, he will have the most complete team that he's ever had around him. I don't yes. love the offensive line again. Yeah, I was going to flag that. Yep. But, and they've lost James Washington and now Ray Ray McLeod. But and Juju. And Juju. <laughs> Lots of talent, though, in the offensive line in the draft. I think that they have to not ignore that this time. There's not a running back that they will draft in the first round like morons again. Uh, they can actually address the offensive line. They've been very quiet uh, on that front in free agency, yeah. which I thought was very weird. But to me, it just it's hammers home that they're taking an offensive lineman in the first round. They should take in the first two rounds, for Christ's sake. But yeah. Mitch Trubisky for fantasy football, Tom – you can trade a 203 and 204 for him and likely net him because yeah. somebody picked him off off of waivers unless they're lunatics like me where in drafts you wait till round 14 to take your second quarterback uh, <laughs> like I've done this year because I go hero QB because yeah. I hate myself. Um, but that's why I play fantasy in the first place. He is a player that I feel super comfortable with playing in, in, in the super flex spot. Yeah. I feel totally fine. I think that he'll be able to lock on to Deontay Johnson. I feel like he'll be able to throw the ball deep to Claypool. Yeah. I think that he'll be able to find Pat Fryermuth, and he'll definitely be able to either check down or just hand the ball off to Najee. Will he yeah. be much, much better than Ben? I don't know. But if he runs That's like he did in 2018, yeah. I don't care how well he plays quarterback. I have said this a bunch of times. Uh, to me, and – I know it's kind of cliche to use him as a reference, but Mitch Trubisky very much resembles what Ryan Tannehill did and that yeah. career path. And if there's going to be an opportunity for Mitch Trubisky, he must use his legs like Tannehill did when he got to the job in, in Tennessee. And if he does yeah. that, 
I'm happy to have him as a top 20 option at, at the position. Yeah, the only question I had on our boy Trubisky was um, where do you think the value sits as far as acquire or trade away? So anytime an asset rises in value, um, there's an opportunity to sell or buy, right? Because you're either buying him on a, a large scale increase or you're buying him before it hits the ceiling or you're selling before it's whatever you want to do. So for me, the contract is a little bit of a flag because it's a prove it contract, right? The two years, 14 mil, but only 5 million of that's guaranteed. The rest is incentivized. I'm hoping that incentivization is going to be based on him starting and playing and showing them what he's got for that first year, right? That's, that's, that's the current thinking. And that's where I'm with you. If he plays and starts, then all of that's true. And I'm, I really like him as, as a buy. If that's not true and they do something insane like draft Matt Corral in the first round, then we've got a bit of a shift. Mm -hmm. Now, they shouldn't do this, but they also went and drafted a running back with no offensive line last year in the first round. So NFL teams do weird shit all the time. We know this. Um, yeah, you accounting for bad management is... <laughs> so for me, it's to. a weird one. There's a few places I've got Trubisky and I'm very happy about you know, now it's an opportunity to, to re-enter re the league and become something again. Um, but there's also a thought in the back of the head, if someone really wants to overpay for him, I'm kind of okay with sending him away as well. So it's just something to keep your mind on. It's probably not something you want to move right now. It's still really, really far in the off-season. Um, yeah. You want to yeah. know what I would do if I, if I could? Would I would trade Tua for Mitch Trubisky in a first immediately. Okay. immediately. My first? <laughs> it didn't matter. Anyone. Okay. Doesn't matter. Obviously, That's... prefer twenty three, but yeah. I think if if you're high on on Tua and what he can bring, you might as well just add Trubisky instead. Because to me, I the only difference is that Tua hyper targets short, so he's a little more accurate, yeah. right? But new coach, new system, bad offensive line, the iffy run game. I know they signed Edmonds, but you start connecting those dots and first round pedigree whatever job security whatever yeah, it's, it's for at least break, one yeah, year yeah. if you got trubisky for nothing which you likely would have unless your dynasty team or is or dynasty league is six years old yeah then you can you can take an opportunity to take an asset that has declined over like since he's come into the league people's change their opinions on him but now they give him a boost. So if you're iffy on Tua at all and you had him, there's an opportunity. Go trade him for Mitch Trubisky. Get that plus. Get that asset. You have Trubisky for at least one year. Because his average is $7 million and his his only guaranteed money, I believe, it was – yeah, it's guaranteed at signing. Yeah. So his first year, he's going to be the starter in Pittsburgh. He's going to. Yeah. Unless he totally shits the bed, what are they going to do? Go to Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins take a rookie in the first round and then let Trubisky play. I don't think that they take a rookie in this draft. I think no. that they know that next year is the year to do that. And next year would be the year that they can just cut ties with Trubisky. I think if they rolled out Ben Roethlisberger, knowing that he was going to be awful, then I think they ride the same way with Trubisky, in my opinion. So I would yeah. definitely go and trade Tua right now for Trubisky, get that first round pick and double up your assets. That's just, that's just how we roll. Uh, what do you want to hit next? Do we need to we mention should. the do we do we need to mention the other quarterback free agent? I don't think we need to care about like Teddy Bridgewater. No, Teddy and Tyrod. I mean, like they're all on backup money. Um, Although Tyrod, I would go and get go and get Tyrod because Daniel Jones yeah, is what? fucking terrible. Especially so two years, eleven million, eight million guarantee for Tyrod. Um, it's a really good move. It's a nice backup move for them. At the very least, if he doesn't play, he should 
help improve Daniel Jones a little bit. But uh, yeah, that might be a lost cause. We do have to dive into um, to the Watson because we we will. I'm just saying yeah. for free agent signings and for Tyrod. Tyrod was fine when he played. Uh, yeah. Even I believe he played last year and he was just fine for fantasy. He was rushing just the fine. ball. He was great. Um, yeah, I mean, does Tom Brady count as a free agent resigning? Because <laughs> uh, we haven't covered him really on this. I, but... don't, I don't think I ever counted him out for the year. None of us dropped a, him, put it that way. I, yeah, I think there was a feeling that he was coming back. And boy, did he save me in so many leagues. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God, so many leagues. No, I don't think we've got to count him. He's going to be dope. Oh, good. Yeah, he's going to be dope. Uh, he's going to. He's going to be elite again. Top 10 quarterback. Easily lock it in. It's not even going to yeah. be close. Um, let's let's talk about Deshaun Watson now. Yes. Let's have this conversation. Uh, if you missed uh, our prelude to this conversation, uh, rewind, uh, and and you'll hear it. This is a fantasy football show. So we're going to talk uh, this impact and how it affects fantasy football. I think Deshaun Watson is going to have some rust to shake off. Um <coughs> If you've drafted him and stayed confident he was going to play, you're very happy. If you're acquiring him right now, don't. Uh, <laughs> it's too late. You're yep. basically you're gonna have to pay playing, for a top five guy. You're you're gonna have to pay more than you would for Joe Burrow at his height last year. You're gonna have to pay more than Lamar Jackson. You're gonna have yeah. to pay more than probably Patrick Mahomes at this point. Like he is the new hotness. So if you're gonna go and trade for him now. Just save yourself. His, Unless his there's a player, time. obviously, there's someone in your league that just doesn't want to have that headache. Yeah. Would you no, trade? Not. Would you trade away Deshaun Watson for Burrow straight? No. Okay. No, I would. Say it, it's Watson. just one of those ones of the guy rising. It, in, you know, it, it's all this is where it should be, what he should lead to, what he should get back to. Um, it's just one of those interesting ones. You're not going to get anything on top of a Burrow, obviously, for that. But just a little little thought that occurred. Continue. Um. I think you, I think you can because well, it, it depends. The people who have Joe Burrow either look at him as like he's a locked in top tier quarterback, or yeah. you have some reasonable people that realize that he was a moderately <laughs> very good quarterback up until two or three games at the end of the year, and then yeah. was okay in the playoffs, and then absolutely had a butte you know Super Bowl game. But mm. he's still kind of a pylon. He does not run, <laughs> yeah. and all of those quarterbacks are safe, but they don't provide the floor, and they need yeah. those insane games. Big games. Yeah. So I think that Watson's history of legitimately being a constant top-tier fantasy asset would net you a plus, especially the team that he's going to. Cleveland's a good team for him. Yeah. The best offensive line he's played behind. He's got – Amari Cooper now, fantastic <clears throat> asset. Good. David Njoku is probably the best tight end he's ever played with, if I'm not mistaken. And he's yep. got the backing of a phenomenal running game. We saw Matt Schaub in Houston. Uh, I'm just I'm playing helmet connections here, so bear <laughs> with me. But Matt Schaub in Houston threw for 4,800 yards with a fantastic outside zone running scheme and Arian Foster. And Nick Chubb can do what Arian Foster could do. And he's got a running game and a better offensive line than, than the Texans had at the time. If I'm just connecting dots that way, just for fun, no meaningful analysis out of it. But I don't see a reason that Deshaun Watson cannot put up big numbers. And I know he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins like he did the last time I, I, he played, right? But yeah. 
he elevated Brandon Cooks, and I think Amari Cooper can do what Brandon Cooks could do. I don't see why he can't. Yeah. So I I, I would definitely th- I would definitely think that you can get that plus uh, for Joe Burrow. So from a value point of view with Cleveland now, for me, you're not really buying a lot of the pieces that are already on the team. Um, yeah. You, you like with the Chubs and that sort of thing, you kind of already own them. Um, and like I think we said a few. We well, that's not true because months, your right? ass traded for Nick Chubb just yesterday. So yeah, I, you know I'm a weirdo like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're lying. Yeah, You're well, lying I'm, to sorry. The people. I, I speak on behalf of the people as opposed to myself. Normal people aren't going and buying <laughs> Nick Chubb right now, but um, because yeah. there's no real value boost, and you know he's going to die on the roster, so it has to be a very, very specific situation. I think you, you're in, okay. All right. Here, I am the resident. I don't. You are. This is why I'm my fantasy this. team. Yeah. I, if you listen to Full Tilt Dynasty podcast regularly, I blame Nick Chubb for costing me two championships last year. I finally traded for him. He didn't do shit, fuck all, and it killed me. <laughs> uh, it's a lock this week, bro. It's a lock this week. It wasn't yeah, a lock. Wasn't a lock. <laughs> and he didn't get you know the touchdown he needed or the super stupid long run. Here's yeah. the thing, though. Uh, the offense will will get better under Watson, even a rusty Watson. Then, uh, oh my God, that's it's a new drink name right there, the Rusty Watson. The Rusty Watson. Um, then, yeah, then the offense. Let's not go with too much advertising stuff for Watson in, just uh, yet. In yeah. in Cleveland, right? Yeah. So Baker was bad, notably bad. I don't really care how much of a stand you are. Um. Baker's been bad. That's why this situation came up. This is why they trashed him before acquiring uh, Watson. They traded away three firsts, a second, and a fifth, and paid two hundred and thirteen million dollars to someone. Two thirteen, more than that. Two thirty, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought you said two thirteen. No, no, it's six in the morning, Tom. (laughs) My math doesn't work. (laughs) I know. Yeah, I know. That's how dedicated you are, and I always love it for it. But back to Nick Chubb. His value increase, he's got to think that offense is going to get better. So if the offense gets better and there's more goal line opportunities and they do what I uh, uh, mentioned earlier in the show and they get rid of Kareem Hunt, yeah. now Kareem Hunt's not there to vulture touchdowns and I doubt they use Dearness Johnson the same way they use Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb has an opportunity to hit that 15-plus touchdowns yeah. and and I think he'll, he'll thrive that way. So if he catches 30 passes – which is totally reasonable to think he might, and he gets a better offense, 1,500 yards rushing and 15 touchdowns, I think his value definitely increased here. Yeah. I think he's moved I think he's moved up. Like I would take Nick Chubb uh, over J.K. Dobbins. I would take Nick Chubb over uh, Cam uh, – I wouldn't take him over Cam Akers. Uh, I would take him – I would take Nick Chubb right around Joe Mixon. Like I think he's right yeah. back up there to me. Because yeah. he, he doesn't have Baker at the helm. Yeah. That's, like a, said, like, that's a huge yeah. increase for that whole – if the whole offense is increasing, Nick Chubb yeah. has to increase too. Okay. Yeah, like don't get me wrong. Like I still went and bought the guy, right? Like You did. <laughs> I still want him. But for me, like I'm, I'm not riding any of the cream hunt in value just yet. I actually do think they stay with the same template, the one shift on – like the, if, if Nick Chubb's kind of like a fly-and-fly-out worker, right? Like he'll come in for a drive. It didn't really matter who they had. They always wanted to, like, yes, they want him in for the crucial, the crucial touches, but they're still switched out to the Dennis Johnsons, the other, whoever the other running back was going to be. They still split the carries pretty evenly, just to keep mm-hmm. him healthy. So I've got a feeling that still stays oh. the same. But you're right, the boost comes with the 
the increased red zone opportunities, the likelihood of a threat on the ground and Watson running, opening up more for the offense, that does give a value boost to someone like Chubb. Yeah. But how much of that was because it is Kareem Hunt as the other running back? How <laughs> much of that is because be right, but... all pro yeah. as the other guy? Who yeah. could and be an RB1 on any other team? That could absolutely be true, and I'll take the boost if that's the case because I have a lot of chubs still. Um, but for me, I'm just not writing that check until it's until it's written. Um, I'm sure until I see it. So, yeah. That's but yes, yeah. normal uh, people aren't really buying him, but you're right. There could be an opportunity here if people are still holding on to see. Now, I want to talk about Amari Cooper um, mm. because – a lot of people on the Bird app went nuts and said that he's top 10 locked in. I am not going there yeah. because Amari Cooper has never reached his potential. I think he has one wide receiver one total. Yeah. I'm not sure what he has points per game, or it might be as one in points per game. But he's going to miss time during the year. Now he's in a cold, right, late year cold environment. He's not going to timing up already. Yeah, exactly. So there's that risk. But again, it's not Baker throwing it to him. Now, I loved this for Amari Cooper with Baker because if you believe in vacated targets being a thing, you would think they would target Amari the most, play him in the slot, Donovan Peoples-Jones outside. Now, if they sign Will Fuller, which I think is the expectation. What's meant to happen, yeah. Uh, Will Fuller, and it would be Peoples-Jones on the outside if they don't draft another wide receiver and you move Amari Cooper inside. Now, all of a sudden, you have a, what, 27-year-old former first-round pick who's going to be on that team, uh, at least for this year, and he still has, I think, a couple years left. He's going to be there, and now he gets Deshaun Watson. So if you were buying Brandon Cooks when uh, you had Deshaun Watson, that's kind of where I would have Amari Cooper at this point. 130 targets, more than likely coming in for Cooper. Good targets. He yeah. could easily catch 85 of those bad boys. He have 1,100 yards. Easily have eight touchdowns. You should be buying Amari Cooper. If you want to sell Amari Cooper because somebody is crazy enough to think that he's a locked-in top 10, go ahead. Do yeah, that. That's, that's I'm never going to tell you not to do that. Yeah. Ever. But I would also be willing to pay uh, as high as a 205 for Amari Cooper. I'd be willing to pay a 202 in this draft class for Amari Cooper. No problem. I would do that. No problem. What about a late first, Thomas? No. Mm. You're not cracking the one. You're not – you've got one twelve. You're not cracking the one. Yeah, so that's the line, right? So, And really the early second is because of the uncertainty of what's going to happen with the draft because if now, a bunch of these guys don't get taken early – um, yeah, the depth will drop a little bit. Part, yeah, part, I, of, part of the reason yeah. I'm hesitant to do that, though, Tom, mm. uh, is uh, I've been listening to uh, JJ Zacharyson lately, who everyone should be because the man is a genius. And I believe it, it, recently he did a study that pointed out uh, almost all rookies increased in value in their second year. And he yeah. has a limit to which ones actually didn't. And I think it was like 47% or 50. I can't remember which side it is, but it's about 53% of rookies gained value in their second year. So I understand the hesitancy to take a player in Cooper, but I am a big fan of getting players like Cooper for relatively cheap that are going to be able to be my fourth and fifth wide receiver on my dynasty team that I can plug in every week with a great quarterback, a top five quarterback, in the NFL, the last time we saw him play, 
I'm willing to, if you can get that as your fourth wide receiver, or you can take a shot on, I don't know, Mechie in the second round. No, I'll take, I'll take Amari Cooper. And that's to me, what's important. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that, right? Like, like you said, though, the, the Amari Cooper to the moon stuff's just a bit ridiculous. So that's too um, much. Yeah. I mean, like mid to late wide receiver two in Dynasty, given his age, given where he's at, and given what they could still add. If you can get him near that price, I'm pretty happy with it. But like you said, you want that to be your fourth or fifth on your team. You're not looking to get, oh, my new wide receiver two is Amari Cooper because there's still a lot to be written there and still a lot to be seen. Um, even when it does come to Deshaun Watson's case itself, like, you know, what if what if he does miss half the season with a suspension, which could still happen, um, <laughs> the first half of the year with Amari Cooper, all of a sudden not looking so fun. So, um, yeah, lots to be written that first year. By all means, by he's going to be a good floor, good option later in, in sort of flex and, and later wide receiver spots. But, yeah, don't pay top 10, sell for top so, 10 if you can. So with Amari Cooper playing with uh, Dak Prescott, who I think we would both agree is pretty fucking good. Um, not great, but pretty fucking good. Eight touchdowns last year. He was hurt, 103 targets, 68 receptions, 865 yards, and was notably frustrated with how he was used. That was in 15 games played. He finished yeah, like, statistically. That's still a really good year. Like it's yeah. just a solid, absolutely know. fine wide receiver. Twenty-seven. Uh, he had uh, obviously the thirty-eight point game in Week One against Tampa Bay, where he went absolutely bananas. But after yeah. that, he had one, two, three, four, five games of fifteen plus points. I believe two of those were twenty plus games. I'm more than okay sending my two hundred three away for that. Yes. Because yeah, yeah. you got to expect that at least he's going to have a couple more of those games in Cleveland. Uh, and like you said, Red's open, red red opportunities go up. Um, field opens up a bit more. Like you're going to get more looks with an open Amari Cooper as opposed to stuck on the outside, back foot, throw away, yep. just with how that offense is moving. And, <laughs> and, and what did I say? 130 targets and 85 receptions? Well, let's see. 130 targets, 130 targets, 119 targets, 130 targets. Like that's right around. That's his zone. Anywhere from 130 yep. to basically 100, and, you know, 20 targets and 92, 79, 75, 83, 72. Deshaun yep. Watson is a boost for Amari Cooper in his career quarterback play. So you've yep. got to think that those become a little bit more efficient. So yeah, I I would easily be willing to trade that away. 100. percent Cool. Yeah. What would what's your line? Is it is it is it is it a first rounder? Like is that? I know you're a little more willing because we're going to talk about the next one. We're going to move on to wide receivers now, and yeah. the player we're going to talk about after is going to be uh, uh, Allen Robinson. We come back from break, and there's a nice comparison I have for the two. So I just want to wonder what is your? Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to pay it first. I mean, for me with this class, because of the type of receiver we're getting in this class, a lot of them aren't going to hit straight away week one they're not going to get a lot of targets they're going to have to learn the offense they're going to have to like their, their talent their skills are not designed to boom from week one but a lot of these guys are going to start skyrocketing in value towards the back half of the year because as they find their feet as they become healthier as they start to as their assets start to show through and the connection with the quarterback gets better like these are guys you want to have on your roster and want to require before the halfway point of the season so for me all those first even the 201 because it's pretty close to it depending on what happens at the draft they're guys I'd still probably prefer over Cooper because I kind of know what you're getting in Cooper, and I don't think that value is going to drop or rise severely throughout the year. So if you if you want to cash them out at any point for a Cooper, I still think you're going to get that opportunity at some point. So for me, I'd stick with the first and what it could be, um, and then still, by all means, if you want to marry Cooper on top of that later on, I'm sure you can find that value. 
I also just don't think you're going to have to uh, trade that high for Mark Cooper, especially once yeah. the Watson suspension comes down, which you got to assume is going to, because that's kind of yeah, what the so. NFL does to like, we good now, uh, the way things yeah. work with them. So got to yeah, assume that that's coming down. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. Look, when we come back, we're going to talk a little underdog fantasy sports, and then we're going to get into some wide receiver free agent happening. Uh, we're at about 50 minutes. We're going to be a little bit longer than our usual time just because there's so much information. A lot, of shit, to get <laughs> a lot of shit to get through. That's right. So here's another clip from a show with Pat Dougherty. Sit tight. When we come back, we are going to talk some underdog. Can't wait. I feel like the combine needs like a change. Like it, it's become very popular, and I think that's a great thing. But I think a lot of times these players, like they've been on their feet, they've been doing interviews all days. The athletic training is at 7 p.m. at night. Like, I I want... That's dumb. Yeah, I I want... For, first off, I want it at, like, as soon as they wake up. I want them to choose when they're going to run everything good. I want all that. Also, just one year, I want them to run it in pads. Just, just, just do it, then do it without, and see if, it, see if the trends are the same. Like, if people are as fast in pads. You're saying, you're saying Dry Archer would have never happened if they had run in pads? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Probably can we, not. Can we get like a, I don't know, an XFL like shoot for the ball drill? Just something. Yeah, it's something that's, else. That's something. a bad idea. <laughs> Billy's not wrong with the with the combine takes. It is definitely <laughs> overdone. And I remember rushing home to uh, to watch the combine during my lunch hour on you know on the the NFL network and missing classes to watch it because it happened in the middle of the day. And <laughs> I've run those drills and it is tiring and you don't want to be there till eleven thirty. So I think that's why you saw some of the uh, the agility drills being skipped and some of the bad times and maybe some bad workouts, etc. The combine is definitely broken. So go back and listen to that episode with Pat Doherty. He definitely uh, talks about a way to fix it. Guys, I want to talk about underdog fantasy because if if you're listening to the show and you haven't played yet, right? If you go to underdogfantasy.com uh, and register and you use our promo code Full Tilt. And you deposit, uh, you know, up to a hundred dollars, you're going to get that money back. This is very important. You're doubling your money, and it's for free. And March Madness right now is going absolutely bananas. <laughs> and what Underdog is doing is they're giving they're giving you a booster, a, a a value booster, which especially with how many prop bets there are for college basketball right now, you're gonna want to be hitting on uh, Kyler Edwards. Right, Houston, over under twelve point five points. You smash which one you want to go and hit. You get that boost. I mean, what I've done, Kyler Edwards, twelve point five points. I hit the over. Tyler Burton, Richmond, nine rebounds. I went the under. Jacob Gilliard, three point five assists. Richmond smashed it. Bet five bucks can turn that five bucks into forty five dollars. Why wouldn't you do that? Especially when Underdog has got you covered. For half, for double that money. It's free money. Use it. Spend it and go in some more. You can get the app. Easy to use. It walks you right through the whole process. Don't be afraid to go and play underdog. Get into the sensation that it, you, not even just that. 
You can do best ball drafts. And not only can you do best ball drafts, you can best ball draft with the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast. We're going to have a ton of private lobbies. We have one open right now. You can go to my Twitter account, FF. You can hit me up. I'm going to get you that link. Go and draft against myself and Jacob and try to shut us up. You win that, you're also going to get a shout-out on these here programs, letting everyone know that you and your handle on Underdog Fantasy whooped our asses. You're going to want to go and do that. So, again, go to underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code FULLTILT if you haven't registered already. Get your money doubled and join us and everyone else in the Underdog community having a great time making these games matter just that little bit more. Tom Lee, wide receivers. Yeah. It is after listening to Ben Gretsch and Austin Gale talk about their love for wide receivers and their seeming disdain for running backs, I now am I've committed myself to dedicating more time to the uh, anti-fragility and zero RB methods. I'm going to do it for the rest of this offseason. Mm-hmm. I've been kind of half-assed employing these uh, in my drafts this year. I am going yep. to change that. I am committing now. I am in. I'm going to test it out. I trust them. Making these wide receiver moves that much more important to me. And there are some receivers that have not signed yet. And obviously they're going to sign. I don't think guys like Jarvis Landry are going to stay a free agent and, nope. and, and you know, all that. But Alan Robinson, we we're all wondering where he was going to go. There was a rumor that he was sitting around waiting to see what happened with Deshaun Watson because he wanted to play with a good quarterback for once in his freaking life. Freaking life, yeah. Yeah, Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky. Uh, and Mitch Trubisky was good for him in fantasy. He hyper-targeted the shit out of him, and I loved it. But he gets a three-year, $46.5 million contract. Obviously, again, guaranteed money and the years and all that stuff. This is really, it looks like a two-year contract. Uh, average is 15.5 million. His total guaranteed is 30.7. Don't know what the guarantees is at signing as of now. This could be a two-year contract for a 28-year-old wide receiver coming off of a down year. Yeah. Uh, the Rams absolutely were the landing spot. Odell Beckham Jr., what is he? He's a free agent. Robert Woods, the 30-plus-year-old wide receiver coming off a late-season ACL tear. And he's been rumored to be on the block, and they're willing to move him. Allen Robinson is stepping into that role that made Odell Beckham fantasy relevant last year. That's made Robert Woods, uh, I I had it brought up, absolutely fantastic for fantasy football, and they're not the same wide receiver. I totally get it. They play different. I actually think Allen Robinson is a better wide receiver than Robert Woods, and he has better fantasy pedigree than Robert Woods did. So Allen Robinson landing in L.A. is an absolute smash spot. Matthew Stafford just got the long-term deal. You don't got to worry about what what the quarterback situation is going to be like. Uh, Cooper Cup is going to draw all of the coverage, right? And it's really a two-man show at wide receiver for them right now. Skoranek sucks. Tutu Atwell is an undersized uh, wide receiver that never should have been picked in the second round. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's Allen Robinson and it's Cooper Cup. I want every bit of this offense for the defending Super Bowl champions. Yeah. Um, what say you? Because I have questions regarding Amari Cooper and Allen Robinson. Uh, what I can say is thank God, because I have a lot of Robinson sitting that I could not play last year. Yes, um, me too. 
And don't get me wrong, like the way we play and the way I play fantasy, and we've talked about a lot over the last year and a bit, is, is value acquisition, right? So you're building rosters where you've got a lot of depth, a lot of valuable pieces sitting there. When one of your pieces completely tanks in value and becomes unusable both for your team and to trade away, um, that's the worst, right? Because you're sitting there going, I like the player. I'm watching him week in, week out, either be missed with targets, be like double covered, the offensive scheming away from him. It was just a shit show last year for Alan Robinson and has been for most of his career, even though he's been very productive for us for a lot of it. Um, so I'm hoping, please, to stay healthy, get into this offense, get the ball thrown to you by Stafford, start producing again so I can actually ride out the next two years happy for him, uh, finally, in a, in, a, in a fantasy context. Um, because you're right, he walks in as a wide receiver too at the moment on that offense. Um, it just seems like a great situation. I have no idea what the price is going to be on a guy like that because so many of us that have held for so long are not looking to cash out now. Um, but at the same time, you know, how do we evaluate? What do we what do we call the line on it? And I think that's what you're talking about with Cooper. All of a sudden, you've got these guys who should produce very similarly. But where have you got them at from a value point of view? And what, what is your take between especially those two pieces when it comes to Dynasty? I think that the boost in Allen Robinson's value is going to be one of those situations where if I can now trade Allen Robinson for Mari Cooper in a plus, I'm going to, or vice versa. I think yep. that's where they are. I think they are... Uh, almost dead even right now. Uh, so, uh, I'm, I, man, Eileen Robinson for sure, obviously, but I'm just as happy having Amari Cooper. And there's actually a dynasty team where last year I had Amari Cooper and Allen Robinson on one team, and I couldn't freaking use either most of the year. Yep. Uh, but I, I think that trading either one of them for pretty much any sort of plus kind of gets it done for me. Uh, they both have contracts. They're both going to be there. They both get a quarterback boost. Uh, yeah. I, I just – Allen Robinson is, to me, the better receiver, period. So, so what's what's I'm your tired. limit? Is it, is it the same limit as far as picks go for acquisition of A-Rob, or what's, the, what's your vibe on that? I would pay – I would probably pay the one the 112 for Allen Robinson. Okay, interesting. So it's a, there's a little bit of an edge there, but it's still pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just I was paying one twelve for Robert Woods last year when they got Stafford, so I don't see why. And this is just yeah. what happens to me. I don't see why I would pay less for Allen Robinson in LA than I would have paid for Robert Woods in LA. Yep. Right. So I would easily pay a two hundred five, two hundred six, two hundred four, two hundred three Amari Cooper, and I would easily pay the one twelve and passed. Sounds like we're going out to test the market today, Tom. We're going shopping later on to see what we can find. Oh, I 100% will be tweeting out if 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 I'm able to actually acquire Allen Robinson. The problem is people have been so waiting for their Allen Robinson shares to hit that I don't think you're actually uh, going to get him. That's the only question I have on it. but yeah, otherwise, if you can acquire him and some, because one of the biggest flags we, we know, again, the, the scheme up there was a nightmare watching A-Rob play. But what we don't know is if there's been any regression as far as athletic talent goes. I haven't dived into film. It's not my area. So if someone can pull up a lot of clips of A-Rob playing last year and see what his separation like, see what his bursts like, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of drops to speak of because a lot of the passes weren't catchable. So um, that's the sort of thing I, I can't really tell as far as, his, uh, as, far as where he's at from an athletic ta- uh, talent standpoint. But, um, yeah, that's like the unknown value. But for me, yeah, if you can get him at any of those prices, I'm pretty happy. 
100%. Let's can we just talk about the Christian Kirk contract for a minute? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Um, I feel like it's necessary to talk about the Christian Kirk contract. Um, it's four years, it's 72 million. I think, I think they said it could be 81 million dollars. It's only, yeah, it guaranteed, it's only yeah. guaranteed 37. Uh, they can be out in two years, but after 40 million, 20 million a year, uh, I got, um, I think that that's kind of an insane contract for them to have signed. Uh, I don't know what the Jaguars are doing. Apparently one of the things that I have heard is that, uh, the GM of the Jaguars just loves Christian Kirk and it seems like he's. He's basing the the rest of the offseason on Christian Kirk. So the the Jaguars signed the cornerback from L.A. I can't remember his name right now. I think he's one of the Williams in the NFL. Uh, and there was a, a thing on the Bird app, so take it for what you will, about it being because he played really well against Christian Kirk. So they signed him to a contract. Uh, I know it hurts your head, and I don't know Something how true it is. That can't be right. I, I, I am choosing to believe it because it is so asinine. I am choosing to believe it. That's the narrative I'm running with, and you can't change my mind. I, I don't care it. what report you send me and show me. I, I love it. But for Christian Kirk, this obviously, if you if you watch the intro, it is death to Lavisca Chenault. I think he is done. I think he has gone somewhere. I think a team like Atlanta should be offering. Yeah, send him to Atlanta. Why for not? a six, a sixth round pick to the Falcons need, for Lavisca Chenault. We need something Chenault anyway. Yeah. Replace Russell Gage. I mean, there's also a, a tweet that I saw. I want to say it was a Fabiano esque um, analyst saying that Lavisca Chenault's just not an NFL wide receiver. Maybe, but for a sixth round pick, obviously, the, I think the Jaguars will be looking to move him. But they bring in Zay Jones. I don't really care about that. And then they have. Christian Kirk, as we were talking about, uh, probably playing inside. I think. I think. I don't think he's an outside receiver. I think he'll play inside <laughs> because I think one of the reasons he got the money, if I were to say, yep. one of the reasons that Christian Kirk got the money is because he can play inside. Where did Trevor Lawrence like going the most last year? Aside into triple coverage, forty yards downfield, it was over yep. the middle of the field where Jamal Agnew saw success. Laquan Treadwell revitalized his career. Um, Dan Arnold played well in that slot position. So I think for fantasy purposes, Christian Kirk is definitely a good floor wide receiver too. He's just making top eight money, top five money. Uh, So there's security there, I guess, with him as a fantasy asset. But as a weekly stud, I just don't think so. Unless Trevor Lawrence takes one of the biggest – positive turns in NFL hit. He was fucking bad. He yeah. was bad. None of the moves they've made to me scream that much of an improvement. I know that they got an offensive guard, but as they proved last year, that didn't really fucking do much. They're bringing back Cam Robinson. That was probably going to draft yeah. a tackle. They're probably drafting a tackle. I would, well, I was going to say they were going to draft a tackle first, uh, but I don't even think they're going to do that now because they brought Robinson back. They'll probably do something ridiculous and draft like Thibodeau number one because that'll help their franchise quarterback. <laughs> um, but with ETN coming back, I think the whole offense is going to get better. But for Christian Kirk specifically, are you even going to bother? I've already had somebody, not somebody, some people DM yeah. me asking me if I want Kirk 
but I needed to trade him at least a first because of his quote unquote contract value. So this is another this is another type of trader that we didn't discuss before because yeah. it hadn't come up really. We started this show after free agency last year. Yeah. So the the money trader is fucking hilarious to me. Yeah. Kenny Galladay's contract is it's basically the same, the same as Christian yeah. Kirk. But no one was in my DMs asking me for a first last year for their Kenny Galladay. But all of a sudden, Christian Kirk, who's, as Billy stated, done less than Kenny Galladay has, yep. is all of a sudden getting this giant boost uh, in, in in the in whatever, trade value. So explain. Make it make sense, as the kids would say to me, Tom Lee. I don't think I can. I mean, <laughs> Christian Kirk has always been one of those guys who's had for some reasons had a lot of hype around him right people were very excited when he went to arizona um so even to purchase him at any point through his entire career he's always been overvalued to me um not just because he, he not because he doesn't produce the level but there's always been this promise of he can do more he's he's more athletically talented he's better he can he can be more and then i've never really wanted to go and get him like he's he's always been an ancillary piece that you add to a deal or you you use to entice someone else out. So for me to switch mindset from that and go, okay, this guy's now definitely wide receiver too because Jacksonville decided they're going to overpay uh, for him. Um, I just can't get on board. Like, there's no roster where I see myself going, mm, I want to add Christian Kirk to this roster. Um, I don't know about you because the, the acquisition price for me, I know I can go and arbitrate that value going somewhere else and, and buying someone else. So... I don't know, like, what? For, where would you put him as far as rookie picks go? Like, would you have him in that same conversation with the Coopers? No, fuck no. Absolutely yeah. not. 100%. But I reckon how if you're going to go buy him, that's where he's going to get pushed to. So, But how can you justify that? Because of his contract? No thanks. I, I can't. Follow, but, follow the yeah. money is not uh, analysis. It's not... It's not sound it's, process. It's yeah. not reasonable process. So if somebody's yeah. using that as a... I, I, I don't know. I don't think I would pay the 205 for Christian Kirk. Yeah. I don't, don't, I don't wrong. Like if, if he I don't booms, think like, I would. Him, maybe right? I maybe I maybe I would. Yeah. But I never believed in Christian Kirk as a fantasy asset. He yeah. was on a great offense with a better quarterback, probably. Um oh, yeah. as I'm a naysayer at this of, point, yeah. Yeah. Of Kyler Murray's as well. But uh I, I I think I'd rather the pick because I don't think Christian Kirk's value could go up unless he has some like magical amazing season. I think I would rather sit at two oh four and draft Zamir White or some yeah. running back that gets decent enough draft capital uh, over Christian Kirk. Because I think that's the thing. Even if Christian Kirk does, thank you, suck Derek Hale. Year. Contracts yeah. aren't a sticky stat. Thank yeah. you. My God, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And I know the bird app went absolutely ballistic with this all week. And if I was recording the midweek tilt right now, I would be losing my fucking mind about it. <laughs> but we're not. It's the walkabout. But you're right. You're right, Derek. Uh, thanks for popping in here, man. Uh, contracts are not a sticky stat. And I, I don't think I could have said it much better myself. The same people that were telling you to go and buy Kenny Galladay should be going and telling you to buy Christian Kirk, but as uh, Drew DF Bean Counter uh, said last year about Galladay, he is a fake alpha. Christian Kirk doesn't even. Christian Kirk is probably a mid beta, right? Yeah. Like he's not even a top tier beta in my. He's not even Tyler Boyd, right? And and I hate Tyler Boyd as a fantasy asset, but Christian Kirk's not even proven to be that. So yeah, 
Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a no for me, dog. And I think one of the sentences you hear thrown around, especially around draft time, because they're coming up to that, is that the NFL will tell you what they think of these assets in the draft, right? The difference between that and a contract is that not every team offered Christian Kirk this contract, right? So we're not saying the NFL believes Christian Kirk is his athlete. We're saying Jacksonville has decided that he is worth this amount of money. And they've made some very questionable decisions over the last few years. So it's not to say, oh, well, you know, because they believe now he's worth this. If the rest of the NFL went through, hey, we'll all offer the same contract and he went to Jacksonville, fine. I might change my mind on it. But just because one team wanted to overpay someone does not mean I'm going to push him up rankings, um, even if I see it. Because I was going to say before, if he he goes up and it starts hitting – his price is only going to get higher and higher and higher. And then I want someone else because I want better value. So yeah, sadly for Christian Kirk, I hope he goes well for himself, but he's never going oh, to be on a roster. Like great for him. Yeah. And none of this, none of this is like uh Christian Kirk buck and Lou. I'm happy you got, paid. yeah, we're not disparaging Christian Kirk. It's just, yeah. I'm happy you got paid. I just don't, I don't want him at his, his, at any cost. Value. There's no, yeah. You know who I would rather have? Go on. Russell fucking Gage. Yes. That's who I would rather have because I would rather pay lower for an ambiguous wide receiver room than I would have to pay up because he's the projected one in an offense when I think Russell Gage will do better. Chris Godwin's probably not going to be top tier healthy. They have no reason to rush him back. Sell Kirk for a second in a fucking minute. Uh, Now, now I would not sell Kirk for less than 205. Because uh, the likelihood of after 205, in my opinion, for this class, for the teardrop is, and we, not next week, next week we have Josh Larkey on the show on March 22nd, but after that we start our rookie breakdown, so we'll be able to talk a little bit more about where we have what rookies. We can't really give too much away with that right now because it kind of ruins the Saquon Barkley jersey giveaway, which I will, I remember to mention it today, so there you go. Um, but I would sell Christian Kirk for 205, but I think you should be able to get more than that. I think I would be targeting a 201. Yeah, uh, that's what I was going to say, 205, 201 or 202, yeah. Yeah, you'd be able to net a good running back at that stage. I think you could get possibly a Sky Moore, I think a Wandale, whatever you want in that mid-second, because I think those guys are going to jump up if they hit capital, obviously. Yeah, I, I would definitely be doing that. Think about it. If, if it's 201 or it's 202, would you rather have Christian Kirk or Christian Watson? I'd rather yeah. have Christian Watson because he fits the archetype of an alpha, even though he doesn't necessarily have the production. But yeah. I would still roll the dice and take that risk over somebody like Christian Kirk, who's proven that he's just not what people actually want him to be. Yeah. Which is I'm depressing, not, but yeah. not great. But I would rather have Russell Gage. Uh, even when Godwin comes back, I think Russell Gage is filling Antonio Brown's role. Yeah. Middle receiver, going over the middle, a couple double moves, and the targets are going to be there. Tampa Bay with Tom Brady has thrown the ball way more. I think it's a full passing attempt uh, to yardage. I can't remember exactly the stat because my brain's not working. But Tampa Bay throws the ball more than anybody else since they've had Tom Brady. And even when Winston was there with Arians and Fitzpatrick, they threw the ball all over the place. Russell Gage is going to another uh, pass-happy team. He's only 26 years old. He's got three years, 20 million. So I'm going to guess 
with 15 million being signed. This is actually a two-year contract. It is a two-year contract. Yeah, yeah. it's basically going to end up being a two-year contract. It says three, but what we're learning with salary cap and what we're trying to learn is how to really look at these contracts a little more in depth. I think Russell Gage has a chance to be a weekly wide receiver two for weeks at a time. Right, weeks at a time. Mike Evans is slowing down. And if you don't think he is, go and look at his target share. Go and look at his yards per target. Go and look at every production metric that uh, Mike Evans uh, has over the last couple of years. I think it's four years. Uh, FF underscore RTDB, our co host of the Book of Thonzi podcast, Jacob, has been mentioning this forever. But uh, his metrics have been going down. He's a big body receiver who's slowing down. Right, but it's oh, he has ten touchdowns and he has a thousand yards. All right, that's fine, but how often does that actually matter for you? And yeah. Russell Gage has an opportunity as a young receiver who can win a little bit on the outside, plays well well enough against man and zone, and has the greatest quarterback of all time throwing him the football. Now he was good yeah. with Matt Ryan last year. He was great with Matt Ryan last year. Now he's got an opportunity to come into this offense. And I, I love it for him. I think Russell Gage is a locked-in wide receiver three, which are important. Even though there's 672,421 wide receiver threes, Russell Gage is one of the good ones. Yeah, I'd be willing to acquire him. I would not but pay he, a second-round pick for him, but I would be trying to make. I knew you're. I know you're going to come at me with that question, so I answered it ahead of time. But uh, I, I would be acquiring, uh, depending on what the price is. I would at least be going and, and getting a filler. And Christian Kirk's 25.2 years old. Right, Russell Gage is twenty six point one. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take, I'll still take Russell Gage. I would actually take the player that we're going to talk about next, Juju Smith Schuster, over Christian Kirk. Yeah, so that's what we're going to get to. So, I mean, all I wanted to say on that was that the idea of these wide receiver threes and why they are important is because they are more affordable versions. They're kind of like they're they're not the same value to your team as those deep shot running backs that all of a sudden have you know running back one production weeks, but they're going to have those weeks where you put them in a flex and they're going to score 10, 15, 20 plus points. Um, and for me, Gage is that perfect spot. So the question I was going to ask, not necessarily what you're going to pay straight for Gage, but would you go in the same way that you talked about to Trubisky, would you go, and let's just hypothetically say you have Christian Kirk somewhere, what on top of Gage would you ask for for Kirk? So if you're selling Kirk, it's Gage plus one for you. Uh... A late he, second he, or a different player. It's one of those awkward spots where you're not really going to add. Give me that. Heat. Give me that two so, seven, right? Yeah. Give me that two six. You have to try for that. Yep. Uh, I would take that if if you know I were trying to if someone were trying to offer me Russell Gage in two oh seven for my yep. Christian Kirk. You can have him. So two oh six. You like can that. have him. Yeah. Right, because these aren't the cornerstones of your dynasty rosters as is. Right. These are probably your fifth wide receiver so all you're doing is expanding your roster and doing what our favorite thing curing total value and at cost which is the it's the chef's kiss it is the most important it's the fucking number one important thing you know what i'm saying so uh very very clutch another receiver you want to talk about like as oh right Juju. You to Let's get talk juju. about Juju. Let's get into Juju. Yeah. Let's talk about Juju because, again, I am a known uh, uh, hater of Juju. I think he's overrated. I think that his first couple of years in the league boosted his value to just an obscene amount, and I don't yep. think it's ever caught up from that. Yep. Um, so, but now I don't think Andy Reid has supported a wide receiver too. I think Linda Lyons 
uh, on Twitter mentioned this, and she kind of got some flack for it. Be nice to her. She's a wonderful lady. Um, mentioned this, that he hasn't he supported a wide receiver two in his system for like 20-some years or something like that. Just absolutely yep. insane. But we've seen Pringle be successful. We've seen Nicole Harbin when he's not dropping the football. Uh, he can be successful, and we know Juju is a red zone weapon. Yeah. So when it comes to a possession wide receiver, I said this when he signed, I think he's got a very nice wide receiver 24 finish ahead of him. I think they're going to need him, right, with that cover two shell that's just yeah. going to just be played every game for every team in that conference yeah. now, in that division now. Um, I think they're going to need him in the arms race, and if he's healthy at 25 years old, he's got a fully guaranteed contract this year. He's Don't worth it, it to yeah. me. Yeah. I, I think that's 100%. it. Like, like Juju is, like you know, he's he's a decent wide receiver. He's not the wide receiver. The issue is everyone paid that wide receiver one price three years ago, four years ago, whatever it was. Um, so what? That's gone, right? That's that's done. It's over. We all know what he is now. We all know where he is now. The thing I like in this situation is he's different to the Pringles. To was it uh, to Marcus Robinson? Is that who they're playing there as well? Um, yeah. where he becomes that foil for Kelsey, where if you're going to run two slants, you're going to run a little hook, you're going to run something, an option right over the middle, Juju thrives on that, especially in the red zone. So you've got the hills deep. You can, I'm not going to talk about Michael Hardman, probably never going to play on that position, but you get the point, right? You've got the deep targets, you've got the medium targets, which Kelsey can still do. Juju's that shorter one. You know, it's what they sort of wanted Clyde Edwards to to be last year, where they're sort of jumping off to him. He becomes that ad option. Yeah, he can Mahomes. run the crossers. He can he can yeah, run the it's not under the sexy stuff. But for the amount of times yeah. that Mahomes throws the ball, like he's going to get production, he's going to do well, and if he becomes a red zone threat at all, um, you unless, know, at, at his current price, yeah. Let's be honest. If Kelsey gets hurt again and misses the game again, Noah Gray's not going to be the backup. Juju is going to be the backup, yeah. right? So he's he's essentially a tight end as it is, and yeah. he's so cheap right now. I'm just on keep trade cut right now. I'm scrolling down. Uh, yeah, top 50, no, sir. Right? So it just goes to show. And it's 0.5 PPR. I understand that. I get it. But he, I'm still going. I don't see him. Oh, my gosh. He's way down there. Hmm. Yep. I must have missed him because there's no way he's behind some of these guys. But I'm just going to look him up. So this is good airtime. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> wide receiver 40 on keep trade cut right now. Yeah. So. Go and acquire before that shoots back up again because it's going to. But he's definitely an acquire. I think he's going to have weeks where he helps your team. I think he's going to have more weeks where he doesn't. But, again, the same situation where you're basing it off Christian Kirk. You're yeah. trading Christian Kirk for Juju and that plus, for that Juju and 204 and that Juju and 203 because somebody out there is going to want to follow the freaking money. Yeah. Um, Tom Lee, it's about an hour and 20. I know yeah. there's so many more positions to talk about. We talk about tight ends. Uh, no fullback news yet, but when Patrick Ricard signs, I'll definitely let everyone know. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to do that, right? Austin Hooper. There's not really any tight ends to really mention. There's a, there's right? a few little pieces around, like, with the, with the rest of the position. So there's, there's two running backs or three running backs I want to mention, and there is one tight end that I do want to mention. Yeah. Right. Uh, we're going to do that next week because I think yeah. uh, next week there's going to be more free agent stuff really going into the draft. We're going to see the dust settle. We're, yeah. We'll we'll quickly catch up on quarterback and wide receiver and some running back 
uh, which we didn't actually hammer home too much running back today either. So we're going to talk about yeah, running back. there's more, like you said, those those are about to drop. So hopefully next week we get a full slate of the running back moves because there's still a yeah. few pieces to fall into place. So Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, what I think happens with Kareem Hunt. Oh, I just want to mention Boston Scott did resign in Philly. So good luck with that nightmare. Um <laughs> everyone but like right ronald jones leonard fournette melvin gordon those guys haven't signed yet we're gonna wait for them to sign before we really talk about them um juju and jackson mahomes TikTok incoming look man derek i i understand i understand but do yourself a favor go on twitter right go on twitter and hit the hit go into your settings when you go into your settings you'll be able to go to where you mute things and just <laughs> mute mahomes mute TikTok, jackson mahomes uh, Jackson, Juju, Mahomes, TikTok. <laughs> Mute it, and it'll take out every single tweet that has those phrases in it for you and save yourself the anguish. And if you're on Facebook, just get off of it altogether because it's a cesspool. <laughs> so do yourself that favor. It's an absolute cesspool. Get off it in the first place. That's my number one tip to you. And just mute it. Mute it, man, and you won't have to see it. And then you can enjoy Kansas City Chiefs games again. You can just mute Brittany, Jackson, Juju, TikTok, and you will lead a better life. You'll never have to worry about it again. My, I did it last year, and you know what? It was absolutely phenomenal. I didn't have to worry about it once. So go and do that. Save, your, save yourself the headache, mate. Trust me. You'll enjoy Kansas City football once again because it's going to be everywhere in the main. Look, Tom Lee. We're at an hour and 22. Uh, I woke you up an hour early and didn't mean to, thanks to Daylight Savings Times. We got the show <laughs> in, and it That's was good. done. <laughs> Genius, gracias, fuck Facebook. You're absolutely Correct. right. Or whatever yeah. they're calling it now, the metaverse. Fuck it. It's a cesspool. It's not oh, great. Yeah. If you think Twitter and Reddit have poor fantasy takes, blech, I've seen them <laughs> before I left Facebook a couple of years ago. I've yeah. seen them, and it is a horrific place to be. Uh, 100%. Well, if you're new to the pod, if you're new to the podcast, Derek, and you're new to the show, thanks for coming and stopping by. We do appreciate you. It is a Saturday, so we appreciate you spending your time with us. But one thing we like to do is we like to get a little bit of knowledge from Tom Lee and where he is on the other side of the world. Because we're not kidding. Tom Lee is in Aussie land. Uh, this is where he resides. This is where he's from. We're international here. Uh, and he ain't no fucking wombat. I'll tell you that much. We like Thank to get you. a little. We, we like yeah. to get a little bit of information. Uh, from Tom Lee, from where he's from. So what's our Aussie slang today? So I couldn't decide between a couple of them. Um, but I like what we ended on Juju because uh, this, this little Aussie slang sort of embodies uh, Juju's at atmosphere and what he's going on about. So today's uh, slang is carrying on like a pork chop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm using it. So Explain it. So it just means that someone's acting silly or crazy. So, mate, stop carrying on like a fucking pork chop. Um, no idea where it came from. Pork chop, uh, obviously, common cut of meat. No idea why that's the silliness. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's in the Aussie vernacular. It is it's used a lot. Parents calling kids. Oh, I was carrying on like a pork chop. Um, you know, people doing silly things in bars. Of course, Aussie Aussie people drinking far too much all of the time. So yeah. Pork carrying chop, on. use it, take it. Carrying on like a pork chop. Carrying on like a pork chop. Oh, I'm using it just like I use wombat all week at work. Wombat's week. good. I like wombat. I love that. I absolutely love it. Uh, Tom Lee, we appreciate you, man. We can't wait to get your 
uh, uh, rookie ranks all in order. Excited for that. The, yeah. yeah, man, I can't wait for that. But of course, again, like I said, we have Josh Larkey uh, on Tuesday, the twenty second. That'll be nine Eastern, eight Central, because uh, I figured that out now with daylight savings times and whatnot. Uh, and as for me, look, I put out an article on why Hollywood Brown is the Ravens value that you need to be targeting right now. Go and do it. Uh, you can read that at fantasyintervention.com. Uh, as I announced on Twitter today, I am joining goingfor2.com as a content creator there. Uh, I have an article about Trey Lance being the 22 breakout star and uh, why you definitely need to be in on that. No questions asked. Jimmy G or not. Uh, that'll be coming out, I hope, soon. Uh, might be, you know, starting to do a little potting with uh, goingfor2.com. Uh, so look forward to that. Like I said, Tuesday, we have Josh Larkey of Player Profiler and of TikTok. Uh, he's been lighting it up there as well. He's going to come and talk Player Profiler and Living by the Bar Graph, uh, which is what I like to call it. Of course, we had great guests, Austin Gale of Pro Football Focus, Ben Gretsch of Yards per, uh, at Yards Per Gretsch, uh, we had Pat Dougherty, MVC, uh, Sports Edge. It's just been an absolutely fantastic couple of weeks here at the show, and, and I couldn't have done it with uh, without all my mates. And, of course, I just want to mention, as we're kicking off in two weeks, right, for the rookie countdown, we're not counting up this year. We figured it out. We're counting down from 20 to number one. If you guess the consensus, that's six of us, me, Tom Lee, Jacob, Billy, Lucas, Maddie. If you can guess our consensus top three running backs correctly uh, before we get to the um, fifth, basically the fourth show, right before the draft, you comment, you go to uh, at Dynasty Tilt, you leave a comment, you come to our live show, you leave a comment. We are going to take note, and whoever guesses it right, and if there's a tie, we're going to go who guesses it right first will win a signed Penn State Saquon Barkley jersey and we don't care where you live it could be the UK it could be the US it could be Canada it could be Ireland prison whatever uh we will pay for it and we will send it to you um obviously we joke but we will pay for it we will send it to you we will get it shipped out because we appreciate you and that's what we do that's just one giveaway that we're doing this year there's going to be many many more one thing I always like to do when I talk about the show is I always like to end it the same way. Be kind to one another. Be a good person. Like I said, please go and read Jacob Sanderson's FF underscore RTDB, his article on Deshaun Watson. It is important when dealing with vernacular and the situations and victims and all that other fun stuff, not so fun stuff that's happening on Twitter right now. It's important to know the language and what's happening, but go and read it. It's definitely it's definitely worthwhile. It's one of the best pieces I've read in a very long time. The guy's a genius. It really drives me nuts. Uh, obviously, check in on your loved ones because you never know when they're going to need them. I want you to remember that clear eyes and full hearts can never lose and that your best days, well, they're always uh, they're best spent here tilting. Good night, everybody. I hope everyone has a great weekend. Stay safe. We'll see you on Tuesday. Later. <laughs>